as has become our custom this year, as we are going through a, a year of scripture memorization. Uh, let's take some time to, uh, to reflect on 1 John 1.9 by uh, reciting it. We'll put it up on the screen there, and then as we have gotten in the habit of doing, we'll just take a few words away and do it again, and take a few more of the big words away and do it again. And the hopes that through repetition and taking some of those words away, we'll start remembering it, and then it'll hopefully over the week, as you reflect on it every day, it'll filter into your heart from your head as well. That's that's what I keep hoping for myself, so I hope it for you as well. Let's say this together, shall we? First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right. I went ahead and left one of the bigger ones in there for the first time around, but we took away a few of them. Let's say this together again. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right, one more time. Let's take away all the big words now, except for the from. That's, that's kind of big still, but took away the really big ones. All right, let's say this one last time together. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. And so last week we looked at uh, Psalm 4610 with the, the commandment, the cease striving, sit down, know that I am God. I'm going to be exalted. I am going to be raised up. And this is a, a balancing act we have in the Christian life of you can't do it, yet you do need to do something. You can't do the work of God. You can't redeem yourself. You can't be righteous in yourself. You can't save yourself. A lot of the battles we face, we have to realize we're just not up to them. We can't do it. And that's, that's what cease striving is talking about. Recognize you are not capable of doing this. Sit down. Rest. Be still. Know that I am God, you are not. But that doesn't mean there's nothing for us to do. And what we're looking at today is this need, this requirement that we would confess. That we need to confess our sins. That there is something for us to do. It's, it's not really active in the sense that it accomplishes on its own. But it is the work that is there for us to do. And so as we see here in 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's still God doing the work. He can forgive us our sins. He can cleanse us from our unrighteousness but what do we get to do 
confess. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins. This word confess, uh, the, the, the Greek word there is hamalageo, which uh, means, in essence, to say together. Lego is the word for to speak, and hama, or as we've pronounced it these days, we kind of make it a longer o, a homo logeo, means together, or the same. It's, it's the same speak, is, is the word. And what that means is that we would uh, agree with someone. So if, if, if somebody has said to you, is this the truth, or this is the way it is, if you say the same thing, you have confessed or you've agreed. We see this word in the Gospel of John when the, uh, the authorities and the Jewish leaders come to John the Baptist and they say to him, are you the Christ? John says to us, he did not deny it, but confessed, I am not. He confessed. Now, we don't normally think of confessing as in the sense of declaring a truth that is right and good. Usually we think of confession as it's in this context, as saying something that we've done. We confess to a crime, or we've confessed to sin. We confess to something we've done that we should not have done. But to confess can be just to speak the truth. In fact, this word is used uh, by King Herod when uh, Salome dances and he gets so happy with her dance that he promises her with oaths anything that she might desire for her gift of this dance to him. That word promise, the way it's translated in English, is the same word, hamalageo. It's I speak together. It's kind of the idea, if you remember, that the Jews in, in Israel, in ancient Israel, they, the law said that you had to have at least two witnesses. That the matter was known to be true by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So what this word means is that you're saying something that is absolutely true. It's as if the speaker, when, when, when John writes this word for uh, John the Baptist in the first in the Gospel of John, or when Matthew used it to talk about what Herod had said, or even Jesus. When uh, Jesus is talking in the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about people who will come to him and who will say to him, you know, we, we cast out demons in your name and we heal people in your name and we preach the Gospel in your name. And he will declare to them, he will confess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. When somebody confesses, when somebody declares in this way, using this word, what they are saying is, is this one person is speaking the truth as if they were two people. You're getting two witnesses, two testimonies that say the same thing in this statement. It is true. They don't mean it literally that you're getting two people speaking. There's no schizophrenia going on. What it is is this is such a true statement. It's as if we have spoken together. So in a sense, when we confess, we are acknowledging what God has already declared, but we're also declaring what is actually true. When we confess, 
We're not just saying, oh, this is what I did wrong. But like John the Baptist, he confessed, I am not the Messiah. It doesn't matter what great things I'm doing or what great things I've said or how many people are following me. Not the Messiah. Not my role. Not my job. Not who I am. But when Jesus says to uh, people who think they are his disciples because they've done a whole bunch of things but they never believed in him, he confesses, I never knew you. You've never been mine. And that's a true statement. So, so when John tells us in 1 John that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins, what he is saying there is when we speak the truth about our sins, when we give a testimony that is as good as if two people had testified, what he's saying here is that we are called to be honest about our condition. That we are called to say the truth about our sins. When we confess, when we acknowledge the truth. Now that doesn't mean when we make up a whole bunch of stuff we didn't do. That doesn't mean when we, we build it up to greater or reduce it. No, just to be true about it. When we confess our sins, we are called to be honest about our condition. That's what it means to confess. To, to acknowledge the truth. To proclaim truth. To say this is it. And, and that's why it can even be, you know, a, a, you could use this word if you promise something. Sometimes we promise things we shouldn't. You know, Mary Poppins called them pie crust promises. Easily made, easily broken. But this promise, a promise if you were to be like Herod who, who confessed, I will give you anything you want. Well, he had to fulfill that promise. He had to fulfill that promise. When we, when we confess, it is the truth or we make it the truth, you might say. We will live it out. If it's something that we say, you know, I'm going to do this. If we confess, this is going to happen, we make it happen. If it's from the past, we say, it happened. That's what I did. We are honest about our condition. And, and, and truly, the, the passage that this verse is plucked out of, Really, the whole from, from verse 5 to verse 10 of chapter 1 has this idea of our need to be honest, of truth. In verse 5, if you'll go back with me and just kind of walk through this with me, John, after saying hello and giving some introductory ideas of, of, of Jesus and what we're talking about here, he says, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you. And, and the hymn there is actually God. Uh, this is the message we have heard from the Lord and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Now, to a certain extent, John is confessing. This is the message we have heard. We announce it to you. God is light. There is no darkness in him at all. If we, and then he says to him in verse 6, he switches from God to looking at us. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, the God who is light, and yet we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. It says if, if you claim to have fellowship with God, but you're not walking in the light, you're walking in the darkness, you lie and you do not practice the truth. You are going against confession. You're making up stuff. You're not speaking the truth. He says in verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, 
we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Then in verse 8 through 10, he does an interesting thing. That's where 9 is right in the middle of it. Look at how he does this. In verse 8, if we say that we have no sin. Now, he had just talked about his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. There we go. We're lying and we don't have the truth. Same thing as if we say we have fellowship with him, but we're walking in darkness. We lie and do not speak the truth. Here we or do not practice the truth here. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, the opposite of if we say we have no sins, if we confess our sins, if we proclaim the truth of our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and his word is not in us. It's the, you think it was bad if we said we have no sin, that we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us? How much worse is it as if we say we have not sinned and we make him a liar to try to proclaim that God is a liar? That, that's bad stuff. Verse 9 that is our focus this week is sandwiched between two verses that run along similar paths. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, his word is not in us. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves. The truth is not in us. So that his word is not in us. The truth is not in us. What did we look at back in January? The word of God is true. For his word is true and all of his acts, all of his deeds are done in faithfulness, right? His word is true. His word is the truth. If we say that we have no sin or if we say that we have not sinned, we're lying. And, and verses 8 through 10 kind of follow a similar idea as 5 through 7. It's a repetitive idea about walking in the light and being honest and true. Notice, notice that walk in the light has to do with that God is light. And if we, if we uh, claim to have fellowship with God and yet walk in the darkness, we lie. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We're actually united together through that. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. And that's the exact same thing that verse 9 is telling us, that He has the ability to be faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as His blood cleanses us from sin, He can forgive us and cleanse us from unrighteousness. What is the focus, though? In verse 9, is that we would confess our sins, that we would be truthful about our situation, our condition. What we see in verses 5 through 10 as a whole is this idea that we need to walk in the light. And notice, walk in the light has nothing to do with our behavior. He doesn't say if we uh, are really good and if we're really moral and if we do the right things and if we don't sin against Him. Never in this passage does He say, not that He's against it, not that He isn't going to suggest that maybe we shouldn't sin, we're not saying that. But that's not the prescription. It's not don't sin to walk in the light. It doesn't, he doesn't say if we walk in the light by being really good people. No, in fact, how do we walk in the light? John's kind of vague about that. He doesn't really tell us. He just tells us that if we say we have fellowship with God and we walk in darkness, we lie, 
But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with him, with one another, and the blood of Jesus' his son cleanses us. What, what is walking in the light? Well, what we can infer from the passage and the way it's written, and the fact that confession is such a big thing, and, and in verses 8 and 10, saying we have no sin, saying that we live right, that we do the right things, that we're doing good things, if that's how we get by, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If that's how we get by, we make God a liar and His Word is not in us. If our focus is on, I don't have sin, I'm not sinning, that's, that's walking in the darkness. Walking in the light is not about our behavior. Walking in the light is about truth, not good behavior. Walking in the light means that we confess our sins, that God can see our sins. The Gospel of John, John in, in his first letter, he really follows a lot of the thoughts that he has in his Gospel. In his Gospel, he tells us that the true light of God came to man. In, 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 you know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He is the light, and in the light was the life of men. And what, is the, what does he say? That his people rejected him, his own rejected him, because we love the darkness. We reject the light because we love darkness. We reject light because we don't want the light to show our sins. We don't want the light to show, and, and, and you know, sometimes we say we don't want it to be seen by the light of day, right? why men do things at night in the darkness when our wickedness can roam. We don't want it to be seen. To walk in the light is to allow God's light to shine on our sins. Not, not to beat us up, but that we might be cleansed. That we might be cleansed from our sin, that we might be cleansed from all of our unrighteousness, that we might be forgiven our sins. That's how we walk in the light, is not by being good, but by being in the truth, acknowledging, confessing our sins and trusting God. That's how we have fellowship with one another. What breaks the fellowship of believers is when we're hiding these things from one another, when we don't confess to God and we don't confess to one another, then we break down our, our fellowship because we don't really know one another. Not truly. Have you ever sat there and said, I really don't want certain people to know everything about me? There are people out there that will hurt you with your stuff. But there's got to be some people in your life that know. And hopefully, if they're godly people, they won't use it against you. And that's the dangerous thing. Because we're sinners. And the people around us, even if they proclaim a love of God, they can still hurt us with our sins. They can hurt us with our weaknesses. They can hurt us with our shame. So we have to be very careful who we share. We can always confess to God, but I do think it helps if we confess to one another as well. That we would be honest about our sins. Not trying to cover them up, not trying to uh, paste over them. But no, just this is the truth of who I am. This is the truth of what I've done. And if, if we do that, what does verse 9 say? If we confess our sins, He is faithful 
and righteous to forgive us our sins. And here's, here's an interesting thing that we lose in English. In the Greek there, uh, if we were to read this literally, it would be, if we might, or if we possibly would confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to perhaps or maybe forgive us our sins and, to, and he might cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There, the, the confessing, if we confess our sins and forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, these are words that are set in what's called the subjunctive mood. And, and what the subjunctive mood introduces in Greek is the idea of possibility. It's, uh, it, it's causal. It may happen. So, if we maybe confess our sins, if, if we might confess our sins, He may forgive us. He might cleanse us. Now, that sounds kind of dangerous, doesn't it? Sounds like a, a crapshoot. If I confess, he may or he may not. But the focus I want us to look at in between those, he is faithful and righteous. Faithful and righteous, not subjunctive. Faithful and righteous are in what's called the indicative mood. And what the indicative mood is, is the mood of truth, of fact. What this verse says is, if we choose, if perhaps, if we might confess our sins, if, and, and it's, it's putting that into question because it's not a fact that we're going to do that. But if we do that, if we confess our sins, He is faithful. He is righteous. No question. No, uh, no causality about it. No possibility about it. We're not saying He may be faithful. We're not saying He may be righteous. No, He is faithful and He is righteous. And if perhaps we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is righteous to perhaps forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, the perhaps is added to those last two bits because of the first bit. If we confess. What's not in question is that God is righteous. God is faithful. And what he's saying here is, is and, and throughout this whole thing, notice he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's a given that we have unrighteousness. It's a given that we are unrighteous. He is righteous. We are not. He is faithful. Let's be honest. We are not. There are many times when we are faithless. There are many times when we're unfaithful. But He is faithful. What, the, the, what we need to remember is that though His ability to forgive us or to cleanse us is couched in the idea of perhaps, of maybe, it might happen, that's only because it's connected with our behavior of do we confess or not. But what we can know for sure is that God is light and in Him there is no darkness. But quite frankly, we have the possibility for darkness, don't we? That's why it says if, if we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness. If we 
claim we have no sin, we lie. If we claim we have not sinned, His Word is not in us. We make Him out to be a liar. The, the focus is what God has said is true. Who God is is true. The only thing that is in doubt is us. Are we honest about our sin or not? If we claim we have no sin, we're trying to make Him a liar, and that's not going to work. If we claim that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. The focus is we have sin. It's just like back when we were looking at uh, Isaiah 53, 6. All of us have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the assumption within that verse is you've gone your own way and your way is astray. Your way is a wrong path. God's path is the true one. Anything that's our own and not his, that's astray. That's going off the beaten path. Same thing here. God is righteous. We are not. God is righteous. We are not. And that is something we have to confess. And that is something that each one of us, at some point, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have done. You've gotten to the point where you acknowledged your sin, where you said, I am a sinner. Not, well, I'm a really good person and I'm doing really good stuff and I'm going to stay on the, you know, the straight and narrow by my own will. In fact, I don't know about you, but that, that's one of the most off-putting things when you meet Christians, and sometimes it's not to beat up on any particular demographic, but a lot of times it's older generations. I've been going to church all my life. I'm a good person. I'm a good Christian. And they can't think of sin in their life. You know somebody doesn't know the Lord if they claim, oh, I'm not a sinner. No, I'm, I'm good. I, I do things all right. No. Oh. It doesn't matter how old we get, how far we've been walking with the Lord, we can acknowledge, I'm still sinning today. I don't want to, but I do. That is how we walk in the light, by confessing our sin, by acknowledging God is righteous. I am not. He is righteous. We are not. How do I live with a holy and righteous God? By confession. And that's, that's his expectation. That is how he makes things work. Not by you need to do better, but by come unto me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Ask for forgiveness and I'll give it to you. Pro proclaim your sins, confess your sins, and I'll cleanse you. That's, that's what we need. That's the focus is, is the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all, all sin. He has died on the cross for our sins and He is faithful and He is righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not that we can do it, not that we need to do it, not that He needs our help. No, in fact, if you just keep walking with God and keep confessing your sins and acknowledging His righteousness and walking in the light, something happens. And it's not something that you do. It's something He does in you and to you and for you. And then maybe even He does stuff through you. He will forgive us our sins. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this isn't, this isn't just about coming to, to Christ at the beginning. This is how a Christian lives their life every day. Not to beat ourselves up. No, because what else has, Jesus, has the Scriptures told us? Scripture tells us that there is now no condemnation 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we're going to get to that verse this year. We're going to hit that one too. Because when we get to confessing our sins, I don't know about you, but that can make you feel very, very small. And that's not the point. The point is that we would have fellowship with God. The point is that we would acknowledge our, our truth about ourselves and that we would trust in Him to make us better. I said that the verse 9 there, that uh, if we confess our sins, it's in the subjunctive, whereas He is, is in the indicative, meaning it's a fact. And really, that the way it's read here, written here is, you know, even though, and I, I pointed out that forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, those are also in the subjunctive. But God's ability to do those things is not a fact. That God will do those things, or excuse me, is not in question. It is a fact. Uh, that God will do those things is not in question. It is a fact. The only question is, will we confess? If we will confess, if we confess, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The the sticking point is, is, will we confess? Will we acknowledge the wrong things we do? Will we acknowledge the, that the way we view the world and the way we try to go about doing things, quite frankly, is often wrong? On a daily basis, I have to remind myself what we saw back in Proverbs chapter 3. To trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding because our understanding of the world is messed up by sin. Our understanding of the world is clouded. And our understanding of ourselves and life is wrong outside of God's revelation. And so on a daily basis, I have to remind myself, not my understanding, His understanding. I need to trust in Him and don't lean on my own understanding. I have to confess I'm looking at the world, I'm looking out of the world in these imperfect eyes. And I've got this imperfect brain that's trying to make up ideas. And I've got this imperfect heart that's full of wickedness. And I need Jesus to guide me. I need to walk in His light. Have you done that? Do you do that on a regular basis? That's, that's the question. That's how we live. It doesn't have to be uh, painful. It, I mean, sometimes confession is because we have held something and we've hidden something and we've stri uh, struggled to keep it hidden or, or to get over it ourselves, and it can be painful. If you have kept something hidden in your life for years, to go to the people that you have hidden it from and to say, this is something in my life, I've been hiding it from you, that's painful. It hurts to do that. But it's necessary to walk in the light. But more often than not, confession is not going to be that painful. Confession is just acknowledging. It's like me walking around saying I'm blonde. I mean, that's the truth. That shouldn't be a great hurt. Some people, they're going bald and they don't like it, and so they put stuff on top of their head, and it becomes a hard thing to acknowledge, right? But it shouldn't be. This is who we are. Confession is what we need to acknowledge, yeah, I'm a sinner. These are the things I do wrong. These are the things I struggle with. These are the doubts I have. 
Lord, guide me, help me, show me the way. Cleanse me, Father. That's what we need on a daily basis. The only question for us in this passage, it's not about God's goodness, it's not about his faithfulness, it's not about his righteousness. The only question is, will we confess? And that's the thing we get to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we confess, Lord, we are sinners. And you are a righteous and good God who hasn't left us in our sin. You haven't left us in our weaknesses, but you join us in them. You come to us in our sinfulness and you have given us your son. That he has died on the cross and shed his blood that we might be forgiven. He has shed his blood that we might be cleansed from our sins, cleansed from unrighteousness. And Lord, sometimes even though we are walking with you and we try to walk in the light, we take it upon ourselves to have fellowship with you on our own terms. Sometimes we, we struggle to uh, be patient for your healing. We want to see results today and we take it into our own hands. Father, we pray that you would forgive us. We, we confess we still rely on our own understanding. We pray, Father, instead that we would trust in you, that we would know that you're faithful, that you're not going to stop working in our lives, that you are righteous and able to cleanse us from our unrighteousness, that we don't have it in ourselves. Father, we pray that we would live lives of honesty, of truth about who we are and about who you are and about what you've done. We pray, Lord, for anyone here today who does not believe in Jesus Christ. Maybe they're still trying to do it on their own. Maybe they've grown up their entire life and they said, well, I go to church, I have a Bible, and I don't say certain things, and I don't behave in certain ways, so what else do I need to do? They're like the rich young ruler who says, I've kept every law, every commandment. What am I still lacking? Father, we pray if that is... If, if that is a person's experience today, that they would hear loud and clear the need to confess our sins, that we are sinners. And Father, we pray that if they have not lived that way, but they're young and growing up and needing to recognize that Jesus is true and that he is our Savior. Lord, we pray that they would hear the need to confess to acknowledge our sin, to recognize that we're unrighteous and to trust in you. Father, we pray today that we would walk in the light. As we leave this place, as we go through our lives this week and throughout the rest of this year, we pray that we would walk in your light through the practice of confession and trusting in you. We ask these things today, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.